Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. There have been many big birthdays in my family recently. My mom turned 70 last month. And my niece had her first birthday just a couple weeks after. Then my dad turned 70 last Sunday. My nephew's fifth birthday party is next Saturday. Sadly, I will miss soup and pie supper, which I'm bummed about because soup is a meal, Brian Welch. (laughs) A wonderful, hearty meal. (laughs) And my daughter, Madeline, she turns four on February 19th, which is still about a month away, but that does not stop her from being very excited about it and talking as if it could happen any day now. (laughs) With all these birthdays comes lots of gathering. And in planning a party, there's so much to think about. You need a location, a theme, especially for the under 10 crowd. Decorations, you need to think about the type of food you'll serve and any games or entertainment or activities, party favors. But most importantly, you need to think about the guest list. Who's invited? Who do you want to be there to be part of the celebration? Who will fill your special day with joy? The people are the most important part of any party. Without people, it's simply not a party. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus is starting his public ministry. And he doesn't start with fundraising or planning a good course of travel with a packing list of needed supplies or setting short-term and long-term goals. Jesus starts his ministry by calling disciples. Because he can't do this alone. 
Now, I know can't is a funny word here. Jesus is God incarnate and can do anything. But Jesus came into our world out of God's amazing love for people. Jesus came to proclaim the good news of God's heavenly kingdom. And like a party, a kingdom, by definition, needs people. Jesus calls his disciples, and he needs them to actively participate in what he's going to do. Not only will they listen and watch and learn, they will go where Jesus goes. They will even be sent to do the type of work that Jesus does, to cast out demons and heal every sickness. And perhaps most importantly, they will be fishers of people. Fishing is kind of a funny metaphor to use. I think most of us, if we've been fishing, are used to the rod and line and hook and such. And I actually got hooked once on my finger, accidentally caught, and it's not much fun. Not at all. I wouldn't recommend it. But the stories we hear from the Gospels, fishing is done with a great big net. And while still not the most pleasant experience for the fish, I'm guessing, There is something powerful about this image of a huge net just bursting with fish, fish of all different sizes and types brought together in this spectacular mass, wiggling and jumping and moving together. When Jesus calls these disciples, these fishermen, and tells them that they will fish for people, he is using an image that they know well the liveliness and abundance of a net full of fish. He's describing how they will gather people. They will meet people where they are, scoop them up, gather them together, and bring them to where they need to be. They will cast the net wide, offer the broadest invitation possible, welcome any and all willing to say yes and to follow Jesus. Jesus is here to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. And when we read the Gospel of Matthew, it's clear that for the Gospel writer, that this kingdom is not some faraway place that will happen at some future time. The heavenly kingdom is near. It's being realized now, unfolding in the presence of Jesus. And a kingdom needs people. An earthly kingdom needs subjects. But God's heavenly kingdom, which is unlike any earthly kingdom, needs citizens. It needs workers and peacemakers and activists. It needs humble servants and holy troublemakers. It needs open-minded, creative leaders, compassionate listeners, passionate prayers, The kingdom needs people to be examples of what it means to live a life with God. God's kingdom needs a lot of people. Jesus begins his ministry by gathering people. The disciples are then called to gather people. And a couple thousand years later, we're still gathering people. In fact, Emmanuel's mission statement which you can find on the cover of the bulletin each Sunday, is to gather people, nurture faith, grow in God's love, and serve God's world. 
gather, nurture, grow, and serve. And it starts with gather. That's where we begin. Because without people, we can't do any of the other stuff. We need people in order to nurture faith. We need people in order to grow in God's love. We need people if we want to serve God's world. And so we gather. Now, author Priya Parker in The Art of Gathering, she says that it's important to know why you are gathering. The why is important. And committing to a bold, sharp purpose is what makes a gathering meaningful. But sometimes the why of gathering in a church can get all mixed up because our language makes it sound like it's just about numbers, the consumer culture idea that more is better. But that's not it. Of course, we love to see a full church. But our bold, sharp purpose for gathering people is to live into God's heavenly kingdom. We gather to claim that God's kingdom is here, unfolding right now in front of us, in this place and wherever two or three are gathered. We gather because God is in the business of reconciling people. And we have been created to live in community. It's how we share love. It's how we experience being loved. My daughter, Madeline, found a ladybug in the house the other day. And without any prompting, she picked up this ladybug and said, I never knew something so small could be so beautiful. It was so cute. But she wanted to hold on to this thing of beauty. She didn't want to lose it. So she contained it. And just a short time later, you know where it's going. We had one dead ladybug. If we hold on to the gospel too tightly, if we rejoice in being loved by God but forget to tell others how much they are loved, if we hold the good news inside of the four walls of the church and try to keep it inside so we don't lose it, preserve things just as they are, well, things didn't work out so well for the ladybug. Some things are just too beautiful to keep to ourselves. Some news is too good not to share. So we gather. We gather in worship. It's by far our biggest gathering of the week as a congregation. We come together to praise God, to confess and receive forgiveness, to give thanks, to hear God's word, to be fed by Christ, to be blessed and sent. And our gathering doesn't stop with worship. Just read the announcements and you'll see how often we gather. We gather for fellowship in coffee hour and soup and pie dinners. We gather to learn with adult forum and Bible study and confirmation. 
We gather in service, like the men's ministry and women's circle. We gather to pray in women's prayer and share and Lectio Divina. We gather to be good stewards of the earth, like our green team and our garden ministry. We gather in person and online, reaching out to those who can't come to us. One of the wonderful things about all of these gatherings is that every one of them can be a place where we experience God's love, where we can glimpse God's heavenly kingdom on earth and experience God at work in the world with other people who are doing their best to live in ways that share that love. Sometimes it can be hard to invite a friend or a neighbor or a coworker to worship. But it can be easier to invite a friend to book club or a neighbor to senior lunch or a coworker to a meal packaging event. If you're sitting here today, then I'm willing to guess that it's because at some point in your life, someone invited you. Maybe it was your parents who brought you to church. Maybe it was a friend after a Saturday sleepover. Maybe a person you were dating at the time. Maybe you wandered in on your own, but you stayed to sing in the choir because everyone knows that's where the coolest people are. (laughs) You are here because at some point you were gathered, scooped up from where you were and brought to where you needed to be. Jesus started his ministry with gathering people who would gather people who would then gather more people and they would, you might be able to guess, gather people. So we come from a long line of gatherers. We're here because of every generation of gatherers that came before us. A party needs people. And the church, in living into God's kingdom, needs people too. But unlike most parties, the church doesn't have a set guest list. Everyone is invited. This is the celebration of God's love for the world, and there is no limit to how far that love can spread. There is always more room at God's table. In our holy gathering, we share our joys and burdens, celebrating and grieving together. We find safety and friendship, delighting in one another. We learn from each other, helping each other to grow. We serve together, many hands with one common goal. In all of this, we see Christ in one another. We find encouragement to keep working towards God's vision for the world. And we see God's heavenly kingdom right here on earth. Amen.